You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. guys thank you for joining me on another fantastic episode of your dose of death today is a real big treat for all my deathmatch fans out there but before we get into that i want to first give a big shout out to my sponsors as always gotta give a big shout out to the guys at grateful deathmatch as always they hit me up with that promotion code of death free shipping across the united states um big thing to skip van alcine and grateful deathmatch for that promo code and of course with billy ballantyne and the boys at crimson mask Coming up with the Duke of Hardcore pack, if you put in the promo code Dose of Death, that gets you a few good percent off on that promo code and on that bundle. And of course, you might want to hit up that bundle right now because I have someone very special that I'm going to get to in a second. But of course, the newest sponsor, Toy Hio, just wanted to let me know that Toy Hio is returning June 19th. Located at the Metroplex in Girard, Ohio, over 20,000 square foot of toys, bringing in the best vendors of the tri-state area. Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, Smart Mark Sterling, and Dylan Hornswoggle Possible will all be signing. The show itself runs from 10 to 4 on June 19th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Easily roca- located right off the highway. Come and shop at the fastest growing show in Ohio. Is live and in person at the Metroplex in Girard, Ohio. And that is it for sponsors. Of course, thank you to everyone listening. This is a very, very big episode today. As you guys know, this guy has been around the country, around as a world-renowned deathmatch wrestler, a guy who has as busy of a schedule as you can possibly humanly imagine. Of course, he is a former IWA Mid-South champion, a former GCW Tag Team champion. I could go on and on on all the accolades. And, of course, a member of the Rejects. And now the current ICW No Holds Barred American Deathmatch champion, the Duke of Hardcore himself, John Wayne Murdoch. How are you doing today, my friend? Man, I'm good. I'm just getting sleepy listening to you talk. Damn, you listen <laughs> You never know how busy you are until somebody starts like naming stuff off. Like it's been a crazy 2020, and like from the starts of it, 2021 is going to be even crazier. Yeah, no apologies for that, but yeah, always. Um, everyone's really excited to hear from you. Of course, hot off the heels of WrestleMania week. Of course, the big highlight for you. Yes, you are the new first inaugural. ICW No Holds Barred American Deathmatch Champion, of course, a huge honor in yourself as you've been the ace of ICW No Holds Barred really since day one of its inception. Um, I first got to ask, what are your plans for this belt? Uh, To defend it as many places as possible. Uh, The side plates are not done. There are places to fill. There are places around the world that I will go and hopefully defend this. So uh, just completing the belt, uh, and then eventually, whenever I do lose it, passing the belt to somebody else, and it meaning more than what it does now. 
Great words, John, as always. Yeah, I mean, you the belt I know is not finished product, but of course, um, you being the fighting man that you are as the ace of ICW, you really have a lot of ambitious plans. Of course, that being said, the match you had with Eric Ryan to gain that belt was nothing short of brutal. You and Eric Ryan had an incredible history, of course, dating back to No Holds Barred 1, losing to him, and now a year later, getting that win back from him. What did it mean to really get that win over Eric Ryan? It meant a lot. I know a lot of people uh, for a while, you know, would subtweet and and they would knock ICW for not having storylines or not having anything that, that made sense or, or led from one show to another. And all that time they talked shit, we had always knew we were going to go back to me and Eric at some point. We wanted to do it one year after that didn't work. So, you know, we went to it the biggest possible time when all the eyes would be on us, Mania weekend. So that just went to show everybody that, that said we couldn't tell a story. We told that story from beginning to end and everywhere in between. Uh, even other promotions, me and Eric Ryan would wrestle at Idaby Mid-South. We told the same story. Uh, so, yeah, man, it, it was great to be able to do that with Eric. Uh, there's so you don't find many people that you just click with. And he's one of those people uh, being from Ohio. I know that's a knock against <laughs> him, but that like he is definitely a good dancer. Yeah, he is as good of a dance partner as you can get. Of course, um, we're talking with the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch. Um, one question I actually got today from someone was, they want to talk about another dance partner you've had in the last year, that being in the form of the Wizard King, Orrin Vite, who want, uh, many people I've talked to want to talk about that trilogy you guys had, of course, dating back from ICW Milwaukee's Insane 8 tournament to the second match you had with that infamous um, Deep South Destroyer from the, bar, the, the Deathmatch Barn to yeah. the legendary Iron Man match. Um, how was how did you and Orrin really click so well with those three matches? And how did you see like both of your evolution from yes, you being a deathmatch wrestler to being someone who ha- found a rival per se in 2020? I think it just was timing. I think I was getting hot, I was on a roll, and then Orrin had this chip on his shoulder of, you know, fuck, he was the man. He went to Japan, he was getting all of these matches in GCW. And then it just seemed like it just all stopped. And I think he was motivated. I think that he trusted me as an opponent, and it just all worked out. We had that first one. Uh, We knew that we were wrestling at ICW a couple weeks later, so we really wanted that first one to be so different and just stand out. Uh, And I think we did that. I think if the first one hadn't been as good as it was, there wouldn't be a 60-minute Iron Man later. So, yeah, man, I think it was just timing. I just think it was him trying to prove that he was still the man. Um, I actually, Oren is a good friend of this podcast. Of course, I had him on talking about his point of view of the Iron Man match itself. But I want to hear from you, John Wayne, about your thoughts and anything you thought about that Iron Man match from your point of view. I think it was special. I think that, uh, unfortunately, it was in front of a Florida crowd that sort of sucked. Uh, I think there's no lie that they're quiet. Uh, you know, 
it is what it is. Uh, but I think that we did the best we could. Like that was 60 minutes of just rolling in all kinds of shit. It was, you know, it didn't feel that good outside. It was cold as hell. Like everything sucked going into it. And we, it sucked for 60 minutes of it. Uh, when I went through that fence uh, thing on the floor, like I was done. I was like, you can pin me now. Like I'm, <laughs> My like lower half was on fire from that point on. Uh, but yeah, man, it was just 60 minutes of pure like suckiness, but we made it work and it ended up being good. Uh, the ending uh, with it took so much time to get that shit set up like that takes a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of it already going 60 minutes. So if I had it to do all over again, I would sort of change some things. But hindsight's 2020, it's out there now, so there's no going back. I I completely understand. You can you can only change the past so much that you really can't change it at all. So um yeah, someone was really eager to hear your thoughts on that match. So again, thank you for that. Um, of course, I mean, you are as well travels around the United States. You have been everywhere in between as a deathmatch wrestler, a wrestler. And of course, um, you are as part of the Rejects, which is, of course, yourself, Reed Bentley, Akira. At least Satu Jin is also part of the Rejects. Um, I, I want to get your take on the guys of the Rejects and how they've grown, especially in the form of Akira, a guy who... Literally no one had heard of him in 2020 and then had that match with Reed Bentley and then had that match with you and grew into this deathmatch phenomenon of sorts. So I really want to get your thoughts and takes on, of course, the other members of the Rejects. Yeah, man, Akira is something special, man. Like, he was brought to us by uh, Aiden Blackheart. We'd got Aiden on to this Mexican, Mexico show, and we needed a fourth to fill in the car and we were like hey who do you know that we can trust he pitched akira i was i was against it at first because i was like i don't know this guy like we're putting a lot on this guy to you know go across the country with us and fucking into you know cross the border like we got to trust this guy and he went and fucking bled and did everything that was asked of him and from that day forward like i knew he was going to be i knew he was going to be good so I put all effort into pushing him to people. Uh, it was at first hard because no one, like you said, no one knew who he was. Uh, the first person to take a chance on him was Loudy from uh, no, uh, On Point. So I got him into On Point. Uh, he wrestled Tremont there, which I was a must. I was like, you have to wrestle Tremont and see what he thinks about you. He had a really good match with Jimmy Lloyd, Tony Deppin. Uh, I think we were building him engaged there, but the company ended up uh, going away for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, he's grown so much. Uh, couldn't be more happier than than what he's been doing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very happy for his success and very happy for his growth. Because you you want to grow, you want to keep evolving in this wrestling business, and he really is one of those guys who took the COVID pandemic and didn't just sit around waiting for opportunity to come opportunity came to him. Um, Of course I mentioned as well, I had a tweet actually today about guys who took the COVID pandemic and really came out better for it. Of course you yourself was one guy I mentioned because you were someone who, yes, you've been around this business for a while, 
but really I felt in 2020 with the COVID pandemic, like you took the brass ring as they like to call it with ICW no hold, no holds bar became this ace, this absolute out of this world deathmatch wrestler. So um, I, I'm really curious about a matchup that's going to be coming up for you. Your first defense of the ICW no holds barred American deathmatch championship against the Zona 23 standout Sadika. Um, what what are your initial thoughts on that matchup? Uh, crazy. I had to pretty much tell Danny. I was like, "Give me her. Like you've got like you've got to do this. Like the fans are gonna want it." Because I totally believe that the fans know how crazy she is. We've seen the videos. We've seen her power bombing fuckers through car car windows. <laughs> We've seen it. I also think the fans know like the level that I'll go to. So I think if you put us two together, it just it leaves the fans going, how far is this going to go? It leaves so much to the imagination, and it's just a good selling point. He listened. I think it's got amazing traction online. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like, all the respect in the world to her. Like, she's definitely one badass. Yeah, I, I second that. One badass to another badass. It's just going to be a match full of badassery, as we'd like to put it, here in the world of deathmatch wrestling. That one's definitely one I am definitely looking forward to, and I hope the world is getting ready for that. Um, of course, um there, you have really faced the plethora, the, the rose gallery, as I've put it, of wrestlers in ICW No Holds Bar. But of course, as well, it should be duly noted, your um, trips to IWA Mid-South have treated you very well. Of course, you had the mystery deathmatch show against Eric Ryan and Dewey Wellington. And of course, that was kind of the precedent to WrestleMania weekend. And of course, your double death run with Satu Jin to the finals um, what what has your experience been like with IWA Mid South, a promotion that um, you seem very beloved at? Of course, you were fighting Jake Chris for the championship at Mania Weekend, so I want you to give um, your thoughts on there. Uh, I'll always have love for IWA Mid South. Uh, I really think that Ian took the first chance on me, uh, even as Damian Payne uh, in the 2011 King of Death, like he was the guy that uh, first seen something in me other than just some southern fat guy from from Tennessee. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I, I always have love for IWA. We had a falling out, uh, which it, that's the thing with IWA. You never know when it's going to happen, uh, but it's a learning experience, and I think that going through IWA. Is something that every indie guy should do at some point. It's almost like a badge of honor at this point. Are you really an independent wrestler if you haven't been through IW Mid-South? Uh, but yeah, this run has been great. Uh, every time I get done, I thank Ian. Tell him that I've had fun. Uh, we are on a whole different agreement than we were at the beginning. So yeah, I think everything's worked out. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I do agree. It seems like the best of the best go through IWA Mid-South. And, of course, you, as always, one of the best of the best. Of course, also, congratulations. You were announced for the Ted Petty Invitational this year as well. So, best of luck in that tournament. I know that is a very stacked tournament this year. It's weird. It's not this year's. He's doing the 2020 Makeup Edition. Ah, yes. He's doing the... 2021 edition, I think, in September or whatever. You know, okay. he, uh, Ian's got to run as many times as possible. <laughs> quote, 
now. Uh, I love Ian. So, um, a question I have, and of course, I think many people are very interested. Of course, you became kind of a viral sensation over Mania weekend for the, of course, the um, verbal altercation with you and one Teddy Hart. Of course, as we were talking off air, you were totally fine with me asking about this. Uh, of course, um, what what uh, made you want to say the things you said to one Teddy Hart? I didn't even know the stupid fuck was even in the building. <laughs> and it's hard to miss him because he stands out like a cheap fucking shower curtain from a hotel sometime. <laughs> but uh, fucking me and Reed are in the ring. We're doing our thing. We're, we're at the last stretch of our match. Everything's being wrapped up. And then we just feel like the crowd is just dead. We just can feel like the crowd had changed on us and like we're like in the moment of and i'm sure each other are thinking to ourselves like what are we doing wrong here is it us like are we going too long like all the things that a wrestler thinks about at that moment but it it was eddie uh, teddy walking in and sitting down in the crowd and we didn't know this so after the match we get to the locker room and danny's like yo he's gotta get the fuck out of here he walked in during your match, walked in on the hard cam, like the internet's going to go crazy. No mm-hmm. one's kicked him out so far this weekend. It shows like we've got to do something. So it's like, okay. So went out there the first time. Justin Kyle is already out there talking to him, which I'd have left if Justin had told me to get the fuck out because Justin, <laughs> he's still sitting there and he's like, okay, I'll leave. But he's like, fucking pussyfooting around about it like he's not getting up he's not like moving at all so justin grabs him by the arm and he's like now he's getting agitated. he's like don't fucking grab me you don't know who i am or shit the shit like that mm-hmm. so finally he leaves but then they're like he's standing out front so it's like okay you left the building but you're still in front of the building you're still you're still a distraction for this whole weekend so, like, I'm bleeding, because, mind you, this is right after, like, yes. Man. So, I'm still bleeding. I'm fucking sore. I've hurt my back. So, the level of irritated irritated that I was was an all-time high. So, okay, this is it. Like, he's going to get the fuck out, or we're going to fight. So, I picked up the stick and went out there. Uh, my hope was, was that we were in Florida. Uh, that he was going to be stupid enough to cross that road and come at me, and I'd have been fully in my rights to beat him to death with that stick. <laughs> I think people go, he didn't hit him first. No, I'm not going to go to jail. And fucking, my family was there. Mm-hmm. I have a whole lot more money to be made. I wasn't going to jail for Teddy Hart. But if his stupid ass would have crossed the road and come at me and gave me a reason, yes, I'd have beat him to death. There was no, there's no fear in putting somebody in the ground when it's justified at all. I have no problem with it. So, like, yeah, there's that. <laughs> like, literally, like, his life is, say, he should wake up every day and fucking thank God, thank whoever he prays to that he didn't cross the street. Because he yeah. asked, he said, uh, is it going to be one-on-one? And fuck, he doesn't deserve a one-on-one fight. No, we were going to stomp the fuck out of him. Like, admittedly, like, multiple people. So, that's what he deserves. 
Yeah, it, it seems like he was not a welcome person at all, and I, I think that clip of you cursing him out it was it was the stuff of legend. Let's put it like that. They did the best line though. <laughs> Don't worry, Teddy. I'm not a woman, so you won't fucking hit me. That oh. that was one I was hoping that would draw him across the street or across the road, but it never did. <laughs> Well, of course, I hope someone is listening to this and making a shirt out of your quote anyways, because I think that would be a hot seller, as they say, in the wrestling merch industry. Or the, I don't care who you are, prick. That one. <laughs> yeah, of course. But of, uh, I was really, I'm really happy that you gave your point of view from because I think people were really interested in that. I don't think we got the full point of view. So, of course, I'm glad to give you that platform to say your piece on that. Of course. Um, with the rejects, you're you're. I believe the whole goal is for you guys to get around the world. Of course, when the pandemic ends, when it does, um, who are some guys you'd love to face, either that you haven't faced before or you believe you deserve a match against? Uh, Takeda, hundred percent. That's the one name I'll throw out. Uh, I think that if he doesn't know who I am. Great, because he'll find out when the world opens up. If he does know who I am, great. He'll find out more when the world opens up. Uh, but I think that, with all due respect, that match needs to happen somewhere. Uh, if not only because I've earned it, I've busted my ass, and I do want to. I do want that chance to see where I stack up against somebody that's truly like worldwide best. You know, at doing this, so. Yeah, I think one name, simple, Takeda. Yeah, I, I hope that happens, too. I'd love to see that test. I think that's a test for anybody who is really, really about this life of the deathmatch world to see where they stand against really a guy. I truly believe Takeda is the best in the world right now, and I think you share that same sentiment with me. So I think that's, that's one I'd hope to see. And I'd love to see the rejects in Japan as well, just all of uh, you guys, because you all bring something to the table. And I think the Japanese crowd will be very intrigued by your style as well. Most definitely. I think that's the good thing about the rejects. Like none of us look alike. We very rarely have matching gear. Like SOT 2 stands out better than stands out when you put him against Reed. I stand out against the gear. Like we all stand out. It's like a group home. Like we're all like we were all just like floating around. So now we're all fucking in this group together where we fit. And yeah, I'd love to travel the world with any of them, all of them, preferably. Interesting stuff. Um, So I have a question for you. And this is like you could go with someone from the past. You can go with someone from the present. You can go with anybody. If you were to add one more member to the Rejects, who would it be and why? Man. Brian Pillman. Just because he's a lunatic. Just because that <laughs> like, that was what he portrayed. And I think, yeah. you know, Brian Pillman. Okay. I like that choice. I very much like That's what I didn't expect, but I'm like, okay, I'm glad you answered that. So I think Pillman would be a fantastic choice if the stars align on that one, of course, but um, that's a really good answer. So um, I'm curious to hear from you as well on this. I like to ask this to everyone. Um, what are 
some positives you have seen with deathmatch wrestling over these last few years, of course, with it kind of growing during the pandemic. And what are some negatives you've seen with deathmatch wrestling? I think it goes hand in hand. Uh, you know, the positives are that it's growing. It's, it's becoming more normal. Uh, people don't look down on it as bad as they did. Uh, the flip side of that is everybody wants to do a deathmatch now. You know, it's not special. I almost liked it when it was looked down on because it was like, we fucking are the only ones that do this. Like, it was special. It was that fucking dive bar that you knew about, but everybody else shit on, but you went there and had a blast. Now everybody's fucking packing this dive bar and, you know, watered it a little bit. Uh, but I think it's still it's still steady. I, st- I think we still have a great number of, you know, deathmatch guys. We're racing the I, uh, IWA Deep South crowd. Like, they're they're getting washed away. So that's good. But like I said, it, it's getting mainstream to the point now that everybody wants to pick up a light tube. <laughs> so, you know, I wish it would scale back a little bit. But you know what? I'm happy with the direction it's going. Yeah, we, I absolutely understand that. Okay, we just got to, you know, police our own. We got to make sure that people that are coming into the deathmatch world are not just using it as an escape because they can't wrestle or this is the only thing they can do. So we just got to get better on that. Yeah, I understand that. So it's kind of a follow-up question to that, what you just said. Um, If you were approached by someone who's is saying I want to do a death match, what is the first thing you're going to tell them? Definitely get your fundamentals in wrestling down first. Uh, I wrestled 10 years or more before I even did my first death match. Uh, because there's a lot of things, ring awareness, there's a lot of things that you can use in death matches that if you if you didn't learn them wrestling, you're just not going to get it. Like You're just going to be one of those guys that picks up shit and swings, and, and that's all you're going to be. Uh, but yeah, I just learn to wrestle, learn your fundamentals, make sure you have a you know tested, you know, proven record before you switch over. Just oh, don't I, do that cloud on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely really appreciate you bringing that sentiment to the table because I've heard different things here and there, and I think yours is really well grounded in the fact that these guys need to learn their fundamentals, and I think that's something that I think. Any it can it can apply to anything like learn your fundamentals before you're gonna step to the next level. You know what I mean. So I think I very much appreciate that sentiment that you bring. Like yes, learn your fundamentals, and and that's right. Ten years before you even did your first death match, is that correct? Yeah, and, and like not to bring him up in this, uh, but I respect Matthew Justice because he is very against being called a death match guy. He's like, guys, I'm I don't do that. Like he's like, I think that's disrespectful to you guys because that's not me. Like I jump off stuff, like I, I brawl, I do this, I do that. He's like, I'm not a deathmatch guy. So I I respect the hell out of him that he doesn't want to backpack off that and fucking, you know, ride the coattails of the deathmatch thing. Like he is against that, which is more power to him. Yeah, that is really awesome to see. I've seen more and more guys resort to like yes they're a wrestler that likes to do deathmatch that's kind of the term that i like as well like 
yes, I'm a wrestling fan, not just a deathmatch fan, but it's my favorite. So that's where you see this podcast in front of you. Of course, um, if you guys are listening, of course, I am chatting with the Duke of Hardcore himself, John Wayne Murdoch, the ace of ICW, the ICW No Holds Barred American champion, American deathmatch champion, I should say. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, I was going to say, of course, I mean, you've gone through your countless wars with some of the best in this industry, of course, with Matt Trema, a friend of this show as well, who put you over very well when me and him had a conversation as well. Um, what was it like working with a legend in Matt Treeman? Of course, you were one of the very few people who got to give him a proper send-off at IWA Mid-South. Uh, Matt's been great. Uh, I always say that if it wasn't for Matt, I wouldn't have made it as far as I did. Uh, he was always willing to you know, do whatever I wanted. He was always willing to uh, go above and beyond uh, for our matches. Uh, yeah, I can't say – there's nothing I can't say to, to put into words how I feel about Matt. Uh, there's not even enough words to describe how Matt is to this business. Uh, yeah, man, he's been <laughs> fucking – like, he's had a hand – on a lot of stuff and people don't even realize it. It's all because of Matt. Like, so. Yeah. I think a lot of people, including yourself really owe a lot of their careers to the likes of Matt Tremont, who yes, he's retired, but he is a smart mind for this business that we will not be forgetting anytime soon. I mean, oh. there was, there was a, not to, there was a time like doing death matches when he was hot and he was winning all these tournaments. Like, it was Matt Tremont up here and then everybody else. Like, if you wasn't Matt, you were just some other fucking deathmatch guy. And just staying motivated. Like, he made a lot of guys work harder. Before even Gage got out of prison, Matt was holding it down. So. Absolutely. I agree with that. Matt Tremont was on another level during that time, as you mentioned. And. Of course, you got to share with the, the ring with him as well as others. But of course, um, you, you have grown. You have grown since probably your first one as well as your last one with him. So it, it's really awesome to see that. Um, so kind of just wrapping up here, just um, more in depth with you, John. Um, a question that I have as well is if, the, um, if there's a deathmatch tournament that you want to do that you haven't done yet, what would it be? Man, uh, I think deathmatch tournaments, you know, uh, all over the world. Uh, I've done a lot. I've done, I think, most of them in America, I think. Uh, you know, Masters of Pain was that only one that I, I hadn't got a chance to do, and now I'm, like, coming up in June, I'm going to do that. Uh, so I just think any tournament in Japan, I think uh, Canada, the UK, anywhere, like I'm open for all tournaments that I haven't done. But as far as America goes, I think that I've pretty well like checked them all off. <laughs> well, yeah, that's great to see. Yes, Masters of Pain coming up, of course. I believe that's June 11th, if I'm correct. That's my birthday, actually. So, <laughs> so that's how I remember that date as well. Um, of course... Um, I want to ask you as well about the future of ICW. Of course, I know, as you said, there were people subtweeting and criticizing about storyline and all, but now you have a championship. And 
now you real you're the champion um who do you believe deserves a shot at the ICW no holds barred American Deathmatch title after Sadika, of course. Uh, I think, man, that's hard because I think anybody that's been with ICW during the pandemic that was in the fucking parking lot at AC or was in that barn in fucking December when it was cold as hell, I think they all deserve a shot because we've all, you know, off our backs, off our blood, that ICW's come this far. So, like, I can't name... Uh, if I had to name somebody, I think Schlack would be the next one because, like, Eric Ryan was volume one, and then we had that long break. But yes. volume two with me and Schlack is what really started the role that mm-hmm. I was on. So I think going back and giving Schlack that would be great because... Again, like if it wasn't for Schlack, if it wasn't for us being good dance partners, you know, that run wouldn't have been, it might not have been to this point. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is a match that um, I hold highly in regard to the pandemic of John Wayne Murdoch matches. That is one where I also look at it as like, this is the start of something very special. And that was an absolute bloodbath in a parking lot. No one expected it like that. So. Of course, as always, thank you for your absolute service to the world of deathmatch wrestling with that barn burner. And Schlack would be a great dance partner as well. So, of course, as you guys know, I am talking with the Duke of Hardcore, Johnny Murdoch. Um, is um, Just to kind of wrap it up, I want to give you the platform. Um, again, thank you for coming on this, as always. I very much appreciate I want to give you the platform to promote yourself, anything you got coming up, anything you want to talk about. The floor is yours, my friend. Uh, fucking look out for ICW dates. They are almost dropping daily. Uh, Texas was just announced finally. Uh, Indi- Indianapolis was announced. Dates coming for that soon. So just always keep a lookout on the ICW page, Danny's page, all social medias for them because they will be dropping stuff, you know, more rapidly coming up. Because let me tell you, summer coming up, like ICW is everywhere. Like, July alone is going to be a crazy month for ICW. Uh, for me, check me out on Twitter, the Duke JWM. I don't have an Instagram yet. Everybody tells me to do it, but, <laughs> but it's just going to be bunny pictures and me being bloody. That's it. So <laughs> worth the time. Uh, but no, uh, check my merch out on uh, Deathmatch Worldwide. Uh, definitely give them all the love uh, they are doing. Great things for Deathmatch Wrestlers. Uh, and I will be posting more dates soon on my Twitter. So, uh, yeah, just follow me there. I'm everywhere. Well, just show up at a I might be there. <laughs> you heard it there from the Duke of Hardcore himself, a guy who is traveling the country, kicking ass, bleeding bunch, and winning championship belts. Um, of course, John Wayne Murdoch, thank you again for coming on the show. And, of course, for all of you who are listening to this, thank you guys so much for listening to this. Um, from Lauren Roseberg, John Wayne Murdoch, this was your dose of death. Thank you guys so damn much.
This has been a Countout Podcast.